0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla releases their Q1 delivery numbers and shows good progress on their production ramp while ultimately falling short of their projections. Plus, an update on the fatal Model X autopilot crash, Elon Musk's April Fool's Day prank, and more. Everybody, friends, welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 140 for April 8th, 2018. And while Daisy the Boxer Puppy looks out at the continuing rain here in San Francisco, it has rained quite literally all day today. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and uh, what better use of a day that's stuck inside in the rain, can't get the dog out, can't really have any fun, than to do this podcast. It's uh, It's been another busy week of Tesla news, and I uh, I've actually had a great day. I am ready, willing, and eager to do a podcast here and get you the latest and greatest in the world of Tesla. Unfortunately, I do need to start with a follow-up to last week's tragic story uh, regarding the fatal Model X crash. Uh, as as poor luck would have it, it so happened that Tesla posted a second blog update on their website after I recorded, but before the show even went live for the general public. Uh, so unfortunately couldn't couldn't squeeze that update into things, but wanted to bring that to your attention now. You know, I, I only, I want to make sure I'm, if I'm going to continue covering the story, which I will, but I don't want to just say something to say something. I want to make sure that there's a substantial update and something tangible to discuss, And and with this second update from Tesla, there is just that. They posted, again, a a uh, follow-up blog entry and here's an excerpt from it Tesla saying quote in the moments before the collision which occurred at 9:27 a.m on Friday March 23rd autopilot was engaged with the adaptive cruise control follow distance set to minimum the driver had received several visual and one audible hands-on warning earlier in the drive and the driver's hands were not detected on the wheel for six seconds prior to the collision The driver had about five seconds and 150 meters of unobstructed view of the concrete divider with the crushed crash attenuator but the vehicle's logs show that no action was taken the reason this crash was so severe is because the crash attenuator a highway safety barrier which is designed to reduce the impact into a concrete lane divider had been crushed in a prior accident without being replaced We have never seen this level of damage to a Model X in any other crash, end quote. Now, this doesn't really answer the question of how this happened if autopilot was engaged even with the driver's hands not on the wheel for the moments prior to the accident. Uh, As you can tell, Tesla very intentionally stood clear steered clear i should say of presenting anything other than mere factual data from the logs that they've been able to recover because you know it's it's quite frankly i don't think it's their place to do any more than that in fact the government the u.s government that's uh, you know the 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 traffic uh, folks investigating this they were not thrilled about tesla even sharing this which I can I can understand from their side, but I can also understand it from Tesla's side. You know, you've got a lot of FUD out there, a lot of uh, potential misinformation and, and misleading information, so I can understand both parties why Tesla would want to get out and share more information and why the government would not want that information shared, uh, probably because one of the consequences, well, not that I can t- t- claim a one-to-one correlation here, but a couple of people actually went out and tried to recreate this—not the crash part, obviously, but the moments leading up to it—to see what could have gone wrong. And you know, you—you—if you're the government, you don't want people going out and trying to recreate accidents based on you know, which which they wouldn't have done if Tesla had not uh, probably. They, they uh, rephrase that they probably would not have done that had Tesla not released this information publicly about, you know, the first update with the, the, those autopilot statistics and the second update about sort of this more specifics of the accident. So, uh, the government none too thrilled, but Tesla no doubt trying to protect their reputation a little bit. And, uh, we learn now that, that, uh, the follow dis I mean, I can't imagine follow distance being set to minimum is ever really a good idea um that doesn't I, i'm not a tesla owner so i can't say for sure with real world experience how how that is on a day-to-day basis but that that doesn't seem like a good idea uh you know i, I don't want to judge but it's uh, it's nevertheless it's 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 tragic you know this whole thing is a terrible story and um the investigation will be ongoing obviously and i'll certainly pass along any key updates to this tragic story One other thing to consider that I I was thinking about with this, you know, after the first autopilot related fatality, that was, of course, Joshua Brown. uh, Boy, is that two years ago already? I think it is. Might be two years ago already. Elon and Tesla, they they fundamentally went in and changed autopilot, seemingly for the better, by the way, by changing the autopilot. That was the autopilot one system. They changed it to a primarily radar-based system with the cameras uh, supplementing it, supporting it, rather than it had been the reverse, where it was a primarily camera-based system with the radar supporting the camera work. So I'm left to wonder if Tesla might end up learning anything from this crash that will allow them to make some kind of tangible improvement to the system so that the system becomes safer for everyone, which, you know, I think it's fair to say the the Josh Brown fatality and that that radar change probably has made the system tangibly better for everyone. I mean, not that not that you want to see anyone lose their life in order for these kinds of changes and improvements to happen, but better that that Tesla can learn something that they can apply to the system than for them to learn absolutely nothing from this. Uh, Next story this week is related to Elon Musk, of course, the ever-present face of Tesla. He teased on Sunday of last week some, quote, important news in a few hours on Twitter. And this was on, I said, Sunday, which was April Fool's Day, April 1st. So, of course, uh, nobody, including myself, quite knew what to make of it. Was he going to put out, you know, uh, an April Fool's joke? That's the, okay, it's April 1st and Elon's teasing something. Is he just going to be, uh, you know, having having a go <laughs> at, at, with his sense of humor? Or, given that it was April 1st and Tesla had just come off of a key first quarter of production and everybody was curious, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of uh, uh, haterade being chugged <laughs> by various folks and... There were, there was the, the stock had taken a big hit and, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of interest around what those Q1 delivery numbers would be. So was Elon going to put out some kind of statement regarding that? And maybe he had some good news. Well, uh, it turned out to indeed be an April fool's day joke. Elon made a series of tweets celebrating the April 1st holiday, as it were, by saying <laughs> he tweeted uh, a little sort of mock press release on Twitter, Tesla goes bankrupt, Palo Alto, California, April 1st, 2018. Despite intense efforts to raise money, including a last ditch mass sale of Easter eggs, we are sad to report that Tesla has gone completely and totally bankrupt. So bankrupt, you can't believe it. There are many chapters of bankruptcy, and as critics so rightly pointed out, Tesla has them all, including chapter 14 and a half, the worst one. Elon was found passed out against a Tesla Model 3 surrounded by Tesla Kila bottles, the tracks of dried tears still visible on his cheeks. This is not a forward-looking statement because obviously, what's the point? Happy new month. Uh, And then to finish up, Elon tweeted a picture of himself leaned up against a Model 3 with a sign around his neck. It was cardboard with a black Sharpie marker written on it and it said, bankrupt B-A-N-K-W-U-P-T. Uh, and it turns out, by the way, that that was all a goof, obviously, including the tequila, but now people said, you should totally make that, and Elon being Elon, he is making Tesla Kila, so <laughs> look for that in the not-too-distant future. But this, you know, this was certainly Elon having a bit of fun with both April Fool's Day and the haters as doug field put it in the memo that i read to you last week who uh, at you you have likely seen are now very much pushing the tesla will go bankrupt narrative and if you notice by the way notice how those fudsters as i like to call them have really turned up the heat in the last couple weeks have you seen that have you know i've definitely noticed it and it's no accident in my opinion it's because Tesla is so, this is my take now, obviously. To me, it's because Tesla is so close now to becoming completely unstoppable, completely beyond reproach from them, completely beyond being harmed by any sort of coordinated attack that those haters and shorts and fudsters could possibly muster. They are, in my opinion, desperate and I think Elon knows it, and I think he's having a bit of fun with them, which quite frankly, I can't blame him for doing in his position. I mean, some might counsel him to simply ignore them, to stay quiet, to soldier on, but Elon's a human being uh, he's a he's a high profile very very publicly visible human being and and I don't blame and we know his sense of humor as well we've gotten to know him over the years uh, at least through at least what he puts forward publicly and and he does he has a cheeky sense of humor he likes to do this kind of stuff and and I I think it was uh it was in very much in in good spirits and in fun but yet just getting some ribbing in there on on those uh fudsters and haters and shorts now that said the, that being Tesla not being bankrupt, challenges do remain, certainly. And Elon says that he has broken out his sleeping bag and is sleeping on the Model 3 production line. And again, you think he's kidding, he's not. Remember when he tweeted that he was sleeping on the roof of the Gigafactory, he did. When he slept on the Model X production line, he actually did that. So he's not kidding around. Uh, Tesla's Q1 delivery numbers have been announced by the company. And as expected, as I mentioned last week, and I was certainly far from the only person to expect this, they were indeed off of their targets, uh, as, as a number of folks did suspect, but they are really making fantastic progress. So This is a quote from Tesla here from the statement, the the press release, as it were. Q1 deliveries totaled 29,980 vehicles, of which 11,730 were Model S, 10,070 were Model X, and 8,180 were Model 3. Q1 production totaled 34,494 vehicles. A 40% increase from Q4, and by far, the most productive quarter in Tesla history, thanks obviously to the ramping up of the Model 3. 24,728 vehicles were Model S and Model X, and 9,766 were Model 3, so the disparity there between the delivery and the production is obviously some cars are in transit at the end of the quarter. Uh, Continuing, quote, the Model 3 output increased exponentially, representing a four-fold increase over last quarter. This is the fastest growth of any automotive company in the modern era. If this rate of growth continues, it will exceed even that of Ford and the Model T. Uh, and a couple of other things here quote we were able to double the weekly model 3 production rate during the quarter by rapidly addressing production and supply chain bottlenecks including several short factory shutdowns to upgrade equipment in the past seven days meaning the last seven days leading up to the end of the quarter tesla produced 2020 model 3 vehicles in the next seven days we expect to produce 2000 model s and x vehicles and 2000 model three vehicles it is a testament to the ability of the tesla production team that model three volume now exceeds model s and model x combined what took our team five years for the s and x took only nine months for model three which uh, that's you remember that was my point from uh, i think it was last week maybe the week before but good stuff there a little bit more quote Given the progress made thus far and upcoming actions for further capacity improvement, we expect that the Model 3 production rate will climb rapidly through Q2. Tesla continues to target a production rate of approximately 5,000 units per week in about three months, laying the groundwork for Q3 to have the long sought ideal combination of high volume, good gross margin, and strong positive operating cash flow. As a result, Tesla does not require an equity or debt raise this year apart from standard credit lines, end quote on that. So as you can see there, they're they're backing off say explicitly saying that they will be at 5,000 Model 3s per week by the end of Q2 and instead using approximately and in about three months. Also, uh, I, I do have to wonder if there's a little subtext or a little reading between the lines to be done here and that they, Tesla is going to successfully be able to manipulate deliveries and uh, to certain countries and what have you. And if that tax credit, that 200,000th thousandth, two sorry, 200,000th, let me say that properly, that 200,000th USA delivered Tesla vehicle doesn't happen until july 1st because remember if that happens then uh it's the full tax credit for any tesla delivered between uh up until the end of calendar 2018 and when you see here that that's you know they're saying laying the groundwork for q3 to have the long sought ideal combination of high volume good gross margin strong positive operating cash flow so if they can uh, arrange it so that the tax credit doesn't trigger until there, till July 1, and they're making about 5,000 Model 3s per week, then in addition to a couple of thousand S's and X's per week, you're going to have a lot of American customers benefiting from that final wave of the $7,500 federal tax credit. So we'll, I'll be keeping my eye, everybody will be keeping our eyes very, very close on that. Continuing here, two other points that Tesla called out in their, in their press release. They say quote, "The quality of Model 3 coming out of production is at the highest level we have seen across all our products. This is reflected in the overwhelming delight experienced by our customers with their Model 3s. Our initial customer satisfaction score for Model 3 quality is above 93%, which is the highest score in Tesla's history end quote. And then one other thing. Quote, net Model 3 reservations remain stable through Q1. The reasons for order cancellation are almost entirely due to delays in production in general and delays in availability of certain planned options, particularly dual motor all wheel drive and the smaller battery pack. As described above, owner happiness with the product is extremely high. End quote. Now, That to me sounds like Tesla is acknowledging that they have had a number of cancellations, whether that's 1% of the reservations or 5% or something else, I don't know. But they're also saying that they've had enough new reservations coming in that it sounds like it's more or less offset those cancellations. Also, Tesla notes that this makes the Model 3 the best-selling electric vehicle in America. And if you're scratching your head at that, because of the numbers I read to you just a few minutes ago, remember that half, or in this past quarter in Q1, perhaps even more than half of Model S and Model Xs were delivered outside of the US, whereas every single Model 3 in Q1 was delivered in America. Anyway, uh, Wall Street seemed pretty convinced by this statement as the bleeding on the stock seemed to stop. In fact, it regained, it's rebounded quite a bit, not all the way, but quite a bit as of this recording, which is uh, the end of the, the week on Wall Street. Now, the big question for Q2, uh, besides <coughs> the uh, the 200,000th car situation that I mentioned about, is the thing I wanted to bring up was the 93% customer satisfaction score for model three quality that jumped out at me because that's obviously an internal survey metric of some sort. I'm interested in when the customer is pulled for that. Are they pulled a day after they take delivery a week later, a month later? I mean, it can't be that long because all these cars are brand new and they're they're getting enough data to report it in a in a quarterly delivery statement. Now I'm I'm not I'm not here to cast doubt on their figure. I, I'm not I don't mean to do that, that's not my intention here, but I think it is fair to try and put that in the proper context because I suspect most people are pretty super satisfied with just about any new car that they get in that initial honeymoon period with it, right? I mean, it, if, if any Tesla sales advisors or, or maybe even internal Tesla corporate folks out there uh, may be listening and may have any information that they'd like to share with me about, about how that figure comes about, how that surveying works, if you want to share it with me on the record or even just on background, Please drop me a line. I'm, again, I'm just more curious than anything else. I'm not, I'm not calling BS. I'm not looking for any conspiracy theories. It's just, I kind of looked at that and went, well, wait a second, these cars have barely been out. I mean, when are they polling people? Because you know, most people are probably pretty super stoked about their cars in that uh, initial time period after they get them. Anyway, uh, also this week, a little, but uh, actually kind of a big deal Model 3 software update released this past week that I wanted to pass along, because it's good news for all of us, whether you have the car already or whether you're waiting to take delivery, and that is the steering wheel. Those scroll wheels, they can now be used to adjust uh, traffic adaptive cruise control, follow distance, and cruising speed. So yes, that means when you've got autopilot on, you can use those scroll wheels. So you go up or down on the right scroll wheel to adjust your speed while, while autopilot's on, and you press the left or right buttons to decrease or increase your follow distance. So really glad to have that off of the screen and onto the steering wheel because, I mean, you, re- you may remember that after my first time behind the wheel of a Model 3, which was back in early November, I came on the show here and I called that out as like the number one seemingly obvious flaw with an equally obvious fix. You know, that was exactly what I proposed and I'm, I was no rocket scientist in proposing that. Uh, plenty of others have, have called for the same. Now, uh, I mean, many reviews of the car and impression posts have, have mentioned that exact same thing. And so it's great that Tesla has indeed address that fairly quickly one other thing too speaking of of uh, software updates people you know when it when a big update comes out like the autopilot update the 2018.12 update these updates come out they're rolled out in waves to the fleet so that presumably it's a it's maybe a bandwidth concern to manage the the bandwidth on the network which is you know with at&t but also, it probably is because if some bug crops up, something they didn't catch, then not the, the entire fleet isn't affected. It's only a, a small section of the fleet. They can catch it and stop the, the, the software from rolling out to the rest of the fleet. So uh, when there is a big update, though, a lot of people... They want it, you know. They're like, "Hey, man, new, new autopilot update that makes autopilot substantially better." Oh, I want that! But you got to just wait for your car to to uh, get the update sent to it. Well, our friend DJ Harbaugh uh, from, of course, Tesla Tidbits, his uh, his daily Tesla podcast. He uh, he's in North Central Ohio. He uh, he reached out to Elon and said, "Hey, it would be great." If, uh, if you could request the update from your car, for for that kind of situation. And Elon wrote back and said, yes, they will, they will, he was going to add that to the, to the queue. And at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, you will be able to request an update from within your car. So that is very, very cool stuff there. I think, um, that, cause you know, why not let the, let the, in the grand scheme of things, most people probably won't use that feature, but you get the hardcore folks, the, the real, the real enthusiasts, the super fans like us, like all of us who, you know, were on top of this stuff week in and week out and a big new autopilot update hits. And it's like, Oh man, I want that. I want that now. And so you can ping that. Whereas, you know, your mom, your dad, your whoever buys, has their model three and their car just updates and they don't, they're not as... They're not quite as uh, down in down in the uh, in the trenches at, like we are here in the world of Tesla. So that is a cool feature. Great suggestion by DJ and and awesome of Elon to not only respond but to agree with DJ on that. So hopefully we'll see that brought to life here in the not too distant future. Last story for you this week before I move on to. Yet another outstanding Ride the Lightning Hotline section with uh, so many excellent calls from you guys. Remember the, the Sonic Carbon 20-inch sport wheels that I told you about mm, a month or so ago, something like that? Well, they've been spotted in the wild for the very first time, and they've been spotted on the Model 3 belonging to none other than Tesla chief designer Franz von Holzhausen. There's a beautiful picture of them, uh, multiple angles, actually, online. He, now, you remember, he had been previously rocking the silver 20-inch wheels. Like, you know, the same same type that were on the original silver alpha prototype. But he has since swapped those with the Sonic Carbon versions. And uh, I know what you're thinking, and I'll say, I don't think that they were just powder-coated. Because, believe me, if you see the picture, these... Sonic Carbon wheels look way too much like factory original wheels. They don't look like a, an aftermarket job in any way, shape, or form. And also, just because I told you, I, I was tipped off and passed that along to you guys, I know those are real, the, the Sonic Carbon. That's a real option, so it makes perfect sense that they would show up on the chief designer's car. Um... So what happened was photos of Franz's car were posted online after, get this, he stopped by one of the Los Angeles area delivery centers and decided to randomly serve as the delivery specialist for one very lucky new Model 3 owner. And I was so, I was, I'm was i super happy for, for the person, but I was just like, oh, please let that happen to me too. Please let that happen to me too. But... Uh, what happened was while some people were enjoying the pictures of, of Franz's car, it's customized by the way, he's done a Chrome delete on there in addition to those Sonic Carbon 20s. But most people were just saying like, Hey, check out Franz's customized model three. It's pretty cool. I took a look at it and I think there's more going on. So we'll see if history proves me right or wrong on this, but I actually think that Franz's car that, that was photographed, I think there, it was a sneak preview of the performance package. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think it, that's what it was because while, yes, Chrome Delete is highly unlikely to be a factory option, you've got the Sonic Carbon 20s, probably going to be a part of the performance package by default. Franz's car also had a carbon fiber spoiler on the trunk lid just like very similar to what you can get only with a P100D model S. So it would it would make perfect sense that on the performance package for model 3 there would be a carbon fiber spoiler. That's a nice that's a nice subtle little way of telling everybody that Hey, this is a performance model three, especially if Tesla chooses to not badge the performance vehicle, the way they're not, they're currently not badging the model threes. And Franz's car also had red brake calipers and, uh, it was, it was sitting noticeably lower than a standard model three, which yes, could mean that he put lowering springs on the car or it could mean that that car has smart air suspension on it and it was set to low. uh, And that the air, because I think the air suspension is certainly going to be a part of the performance package because it may very well be a part of the dual motor package as well. So bookmark this thought of mine and maybe it's just wishful thinking, time will tell, but let's revisit it once we finally get some concrete details on the Performance Model 3 whenever that'll be, hopefully sooner rather than later. All right, be right back with the Ride the Lightning hotline for you right after this. Before I get to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, all April long, I'm telling you about Evoto. Yes, if you find yourself in or around Montreal, it's a beautiful city. As I've said, I've been there a number of times on business. So if you're in town, get yourself a Tesla through Evoto. You can rent a car from them. They are a car rental service inspired by Tesla themselves, both in the customer service and sustainability department. They've got S's to rent, X's to rent. They've got Model 3's on the way. They'll bring the car to you if you do a rental through them and you get unlimited mileage during your rental period. They plant 10 trees for every rental in partnership with trees.org. Uh, they also have uh, merchandise at evoto.ca slash merch they've got some i took a look at it actually it's 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 pretty good it's not just evoto stuff like if you don't care about their brand there's some cool just sort of like mars inspired spacex inspired uh kind of those 50s sci-fi looking uh t-shirts and and uh and that kind of thing they've got some mugs they've got some boring company inspired stuff in there as well so good stuff uh, so rent yourself a Tesla if you're in or around Montreal through evoto.ca. So take a look at their website, learn more, evoto.ca dot uh, And remember, if you're shopping the merch, there's a coupon code. Uh, the coupon code is RTL, and you get 15% off of any merch you want to pick up there. So check that out. All right, ride the lightning hotline time. 10 calls. That has been uh the the number that i feel like that i feel good about kind of makes for about a 50 50 split with the news and the hotline section of the show let's get right to it but before i do real quick i got to tell you how to participate if you're a regular listener pardon me you probably already know this but uh, i would love to hear from you with any tesla related questions comments discussion topics you can participate easily in a couple of different ways. One, you can use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, record something, try to keep it to about a minute, maybe 90 seconds tops, and email that recording to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in on the toll-free number. You just call in, you'll leave a message, that's it. That toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. Kicking it off here with Brian in Northern Virginia. He's got a brand new Model S that he's got a couple of questions about. Brian, you're on the air.
1: Hi, Ryan. This is Brian. Brian from uh, Northern Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Um, Thanks for the great podcast. And I've got a question that maybe you and or some listeners can help with. I've got a relatively new Model S, and I'm trying to figure out which versions of various kinds of software and so forth that I have. Now I am well aware that I can look on the uh, screen by touching the Tesla icon, and I can see that I have the two th- uh, 2018.10.4.8 BBDC66 um, update on the, the main uh, on the main screen. However, I cannot figure out how to tell, do I have the new MCU that you were discussing in one of your recent issues, uh, one of your recent episodes of the podcast, or do I have Autopilot 2 Plus, which you discussed as well? I just can't figure out where all of the software updates and and versions and so forth, and even hardware, I suppose. Uh, Is there some place that you can call up and have the computer kind of show you like your iPad will show you? you every, everything it has and what the version number is of, of all the component parts of software and hardware anyway that's my question and i welcome anything anybody can share on that subject again thanks for the good podcast talk to you later
0: hi brian i am happy to help you here you already know where to look for the firmware. And it sounds like you don't have the big new autopilot update yet. That is, as I mentioned earlier in the show, 2018.12, 2018.12. You may benefit from, you may want to take advantage of that upcoming feature that Elon uh, mentioned that they'll be doing where you can just request an update from within your car. Anyway, uh, but you may very well have had 2018.12 push to you by the time you hear this podcast now the other two things you mentioned are actually hardware uh i'd need to know exactly when you took delivery of your model s to concretely answer both of these but odds are you do have autopilot 2.0 possibly even the 2.5 revision but you probably don't have the new mcu because that only just rolled out in the s and the x you'd have had to take delivery of your car in like the last month or maybe even less to have the new mcu now it is very easy to tell if you have autopilot 2.0 or higher because you can just look on the outside of the car if you have cameras in the b pillars the between the front door windows and rear door windows as well as cameras in the side marker turn signals on each of the front fenders, then you've got an Autopilot 2.0 or higher car. Autopilot 1 cars don't have those B-pillar cameras, and those side markers don't have cameras on them. Instead, it's just all silver with a T logo, and it serves as a turn signal. There's no camera there. So, uh, Brian, I hope that helps. Thanks for calling in. Next up is Tom from Chicago wants to talk about convincing a significant other for about, with regard to a Tesla purchase. Tom, go ahead.
2: Hey, Ryan. It's Tom from Chicago. Uh, thanks again for the Model 3 Q uh, feedback. As such, I started to compile my sales pitch for the wife. And since I know you had to go through a similar exercise with yours, I was wondering what tactics you may have employed or what features and benefits you touted to uh, make that sales pitch to the wife. Uh, or really any listener out there what things have you found successful when having that conversation with your significant other on purchasing a Tesla vehicle and then also to respond to Jerome from Northern California naming the next gen Roadster I'm kind of leaning towards Roadster 1 as in case keeping the same thematic uh, with Spaceballs uh, Spaceball 1 was the name of the spaceship that went flat in the movie uh, number 1 could also invoke themes uh, of keeping top priority or number one over ICE cars. Uh, so Roadster One is what sounds good to me. Curious in your thoughts on both topics. Thanks you. That's a good vibes,
3: Brian. Later.
0: Hey, Tom. There is a whole big thread on this that has some pretty good discussion over on the Tesla Motors Club forums. If you head into the Model 3 section there and search for how to convince my wife to get a Model 3, that will pull up the thread for you. And I would remind you and me and everybody else that every person in every relationship is obviously different. So what a what was a good tact for the discussion with my wife might not work for you with yours or vice versa. Uh, but for me, I, if I could just give some sort of general advice, I'd, I'd say I would just tell her how much it means to you, number one. And then I would would go ahead because that that's a that's an intangible benefit, right? That's not a, a practical thing. I would then, after that, focus primarily on the hard tangible benefits. Safety number one, the lower cost of operation, including the fuel costs. To give you an example here, I did the math uh, on on uh, fuel costs for myself. I figured out uh, that a 300 mile charge on my model 3 now granted it, I won't be using it that way. you top it up every night you you leave your garage every day with a with a full charge but for, just for the sake of argument you can do it this way. So a 300 mile charge on my model 3 would cost me in other words a fill-up essentially. that will cost me about nine dollars at my local electricity rates on an EV plan charging the car overnight when when the EV plan kicks in with its its low prices. Right now, with my gasoline car, costs me 50 plus dollars in gas to go that same distance because my my car I got to fill up about every 300 miles. You multiply that, you take that difference. I mean, you're talking about a effectively 40 plus dollar difference per refuel, you know, whether, regardless of which, which car you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, you're talking about $40 difference. Uh, and I fill up, I don't know about you, you you may be different, but depending on how many miles you drive, you know, I, I fill up two to three times a month. So you're talking 80 to $120, uh, a month. Let's, let's take, let's split the difference and call it a hundred dollars a month savings times 12 months, $1,200 a year, 10 years of the car, $12,000. Now, you may have a, a much more fuel-efficient gasoline-powered car that you're replacing. My <laughs> my 2006 Infiniti G35, which, you know, was I bought my first ever new car that I bought when I was 26 years old, uh it's very much a car that a 26 year old single guy at the time would buy it gets 20 miles to the gallon if i'm lucky so you know you most people are probably driving a, a more economical car but anyway you get you get where i'm going with this you get there's some serious savings to be had some very practical tangible benefits that you can you can tell your your wife about as to your Roadster One idea, calling it the Roadster One, I love your nod to Spaceballs. Don't get me wrong on that. But respectfully, I think it would just be too confusing if you tried to call the new one the Roadster One. Um, so, I don't know. I, it's, I think we can we can keep we can keep iterating on this. We can keep going. Anyway, Tom, thank you so much for the call. Let me go next to Ron in Nashville, who wanted to react to Nate from Houston from last week regarding the lack of a spare tire in a Tesla vehicle? Ron, go ahead.
4: Hey Ryan, this is Ron from Nashville. Just finished your most recent podcast. Thanks a lot. Um, and I had a comment about the uh, caller who was concerned about no spare tire. So um, I had uh, bought a car um, several years ago for the first time that had no spare, and and likewise i was uh, a little worried about that um, so what i had, i did at that time is bought a little air compressor and we're also aaa members but um and fortunately i never needed never needed it but um i got used to the fact that i didn't have a spare in a car and it didn't take very long <clears throat> similarly when um i sold my leaf and got my uh, Tesla Model S, um, I realized there's no spare. And, and now we, uh, and my wife also has a, a Model S and we both have, um, a plug kit and a compressor in our cars. And to, we've been on long road trips. Um, we've, we've taken both the cars to Florida and back. Um, and we, we don't even really think about it anymore. It's, uh, I know that's something that's hard for somebody who's not used to it to get used to, but uh, in my opinion, it doesn't take long to get used to that, um, and because the, the chance of something like that happening with uh, your car is so low, uh, I don't think that should be something that would should be a primary motivator to dissuade somebody from getting a Tesla. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Take care.
0: Thanks for calling in, Ron, and I hope that Nate feels a bit reassured after hearing from a fellow listener on this. And I actually forgot I can chime in on this a little bit myself. The car that my Model 3 will be replacing, the aforementioned 12-year-old Infiniti G35, it's got a donut spare tire that lives under the trunk carpeting. And, and Nate, if you're out there and it makes you feel any better, I have never once needed it in those 12-plus years Of driving that car now uh, on that note if you will excuse me I have to go furiously (laughs) knock on wood so as not to jinx myself on that for the remainder of the time that I own that car oh actually my desk here is wood hang on okay (laughs) okay there we go that should do it Uh, anyway getting back to this Joe our friend Joe from Emotion Rentals he wanted to chime in a little bit more he's got a little bit more information to add to this in reaction to Nate's call about that lack of a spare tire in a Tesla. So, Joe, take it away.
5: Hi, Ryan. This is Joe from eMotion Rentals. I'm responding to Nate's call about the lack of a spare tire in Tesla vehicles, and I wanted to provide a couple of thoughts that might help him out. Um, Tesla provides for all new vehicles under warranty free roadside assistance, and that includes free flat tire towing. And repair Now, obviously, it's faster for him with a spare to replace the tire than it is to get towed, but Tesla has some unique things that make it just a little less painless. So if the tire can be repaired, they'll tow you to the tire repair store of your choice up to 50 miles at no cost. But in the example that Nate provided with a tire that's completely destroyed, they'll actually bring a replacement tire on a wheel already inflated to you slap that on the vehicle and send you on your way. And then they'll take the tire that's destroyed and your rim to Tesla. Tesla will put a new tire on that rim and then you can pick up your rim and the tire uh, at Tesla and they'll do the swap out for you at no additional charge. Obviously, you have to pay for the tire mounting and balance because you destroyed the tire, but they don't charge you any extra for that service of having it delivered to Tesla and then you picking up from Tesla. So it's a really great program that helps speed things and uh, help people get on their way a little more quickly. One other thing I might mention, and I apologize for the long call here, but some states, like the state of Maryland where I live, they actually require either a spare tire or a tire repair kit in all new vehicles. So Tesla is required to provide you that tire repair kit that you mentioned, Ryan, they're required to provide that for free with all new vehicles that they sell in Maryland. Not sure about Nate State, but he might want to check the rules for his uh, Department of Motor Vehicles and see what they say. And he might find that not having a spare tire on a Tesla really actually doesn't pose that much of a problem because Tesla has thought about a lot of these things. Thanks for uh, taking my call, Ryan. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for this info, Joe. I, I couldn't find anything when I went searching for states that require a spare or a repair kit to be included with the car. I'm not saying you're wrong, certainly not, uh, but I'd be curious what the other states are so that I can pass that information along to my audience. If you or anyone else out there happens to know about that, I would I'd love to to collect that information. And I, I did a, a f- multiple Google searches. You'd think something like that would pop up, but I could not find it. Anyway, I, I did not know that Tesla included that as as part of the roadside service that, that they do offer with the warranty. I mean, I, I think I would just sort of seen that in passing, like, oh, you know, Tesla roadside assistance, but I never thought that it was sort of a, a th- service. I don't know, I just never put two and two together on that. So that's awesome news. I learned something today which means it was a good day. I always appreciate it when I learn something, especially when it's about Tesla, so I can hopefully do a better podcast here. Next up, let's move to Zach in Richmond replying to Michael from Milbrae's call about adding autopilot in an aftermarket way, like after delivery. Zach, I called out, I made the call for looking for insurance agents, insurance brokers. Zach has answered that call. Zach, please inform me.
6: Hey, Ryan. This is Zach from Richmond, Virginia. I wanted to call and respond to Michael's uh question regarding the insurance and adding the uh, full self driving with autopilot afterwards. Uh, I am an insurance agent with Liberty Mutual Insurance, so of course, um they've got a relationship with Tesla, and uh, in addition to that, I represent a few other companies. so um I've got a little bit of experience with this where um did want to address firsthand that adding aftermarket equipment is something that you can cover on an insurance policy it's, it's very simple it's called adding an endorsement and then you basically have to value whatever the equipment was that was added so that it is something that can be covered uh, but secondly you have to look at the issue in two different ways the first being the expense of the vehicle itself should it ever need to be repaired and of course having the hardware already there um, isn't going to be a significant change in the value of you know the Tesla that somebody owns, but then outside of that, uh, most insurance companies. The second thing, most insurance companies haven't caught up. Uh, you know they'll have questions related to uh, whether there's blind spot monitoring or um, does the car have the ability to brake um, you know early in terms of prevention to avoid a collision. They have not caught up and asked any questions related to um, even semi-autonomous uh, features other than those. So uh, I don't think it's going to be an issue if somebody got it after the fact. I definitely think it's something that we can very easily add to a policy and make sure that there's coverage for that. So hopefully that clears it up, um, and <laughs> maybe you'll uh, you know
0: kind of land on one side of the fence on this issue. Happy Easter. Hope you have a great day. This is another one of those wonderful, educational, I have nothing to add to this calls. Thank you very much, Zach. That is great information. Next up, Joe in Cortland Manor, New York, who has a little bit of a Tesla-related dilemma on his hands. See if I can help him out. Joe, you're on the air.
3: Hey, it's Joe Dropkin from Cortland Manor, New York. Responding to Elon's comments at South by Southwest, I don't know now if I should get a used S, or wait for my long-range dual-motor Model 3. What would be the equivalent S? Thanks. Love the show.
0: Joe, welcome to the podcast. This exact question has crept into my own head on a handful of occasions, particularly when the Model 3 delays have happened. But it's the cost of an equivalent Model S that always stops the thought for me right in its tracks. Technically speaking, with the range being the thing, I think we can, I think it's fair to say the range is the thing that you pay the most for on a Tesla. The Model S 100D, not the performance, the 100D is the closest thing to a Model 3 long range dual motor car. Uh, That 100D has 335 miles of range next to the Model 3 long range dual motor Uh, we know it's 310 for the rear wheel drive long range it may be even 315 or so maybe a a tick higher when you have that second more efficient motor up there but when you add in autopilot it is a long long way from the model 3 that you described adding in autopilot on the the 100d model s i should say because the model 3 a a well-equipped a uh, dual motor long range model three should end up uh, if you load it up it's probably going to be in, in the high 60s that's about where, where we're looking for that uh, price wise an equivalent model s is a hundred thousand dollars if you get it in any color but black i actually put it together in the design studio if you do it in black it's ninety nine thousand dollars with and that's without the premium package that's that's uh, a little bit more stripped down so the, I think the only way to do what you're thinking of doing might be to look at a CPO 90 kilowatt hour Model S, but that's still going to be quite a bit more uh, money-wise, and you, you probably wouldn't be getting Autopilot 2 out of that, nor would you quite be getting the long-range Model 3's 310-mile range. So depending where you are on the Model 3 wait list, it might still make sense for you to try and stretch out for a used model s you know if you're way down that list somewhere depending on when you reserve but there are a lot of considerations either way with that best of luck to you in whatever you decide joe got a few more calls left let me go next to josh from rally got his model three and wants to talk about one particular aspect of it that he feels does not get brought up very often so josh the floor is yours
7: Hey Ryan, this is Josh giving you a call from Raleigh. I took delivery of my Model 3 last week and I am so so happy with it. It's 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 kind of a surreal experience to have been listening to it. It's kind of a surreal experience to have been listening to this podcast for so long just dreaming of driving down my Model 3, you know, just down the road and then it actually happens. Um Kind of hard to explain the emotions you go through doing that. You're excited, sweaty, and nervous, wanting to throw up because you don't want anything to happen to your brand new Model 3. Uh, But yeah, the car is everything others have called in and talked about. It is just stunning to look at. It looks like a piece of art when you look at it in person. The glass in the cabin is just stunning, And one feature that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is the air filtration on the Model 3. Now, it doesn't come with bio-defense mode, but the cabin filter on the Model 3 is quite good. And actually, I think Tesla is being a bit coy on what exactly they did with the design of it. So in the owner's manual, here's what it says. It says the Model 3 has an air filter that prevents pollen, industrial fallout, road dust, and other particles from entering through the vents. The air filter should be replaced when necessary. Contact Tesla. So, Industrial Fallout, that sounds a bit coy to me. I know it's not like, you know, nuclear fallout or, you know, bioweapons defense mode, but whatever they did to the Model 3 filtration system, it is quite good. I have not noticed Any diesel or exhaust fumes coming in, I was coming from a car where I had to put it on recirculated like 100% of the time, so I didn't smell those smells, and in the Model 3, yeah, it's not an issue. Didn't even realize the car wasn't on recirculated until about a week into ownership, so really happy with the car overall, and that feature especially is really awesome. Thanks for all the work you do, and looking forward to hearing more episodes of the podcast. Congratulations,
0: Josh. And I think surreal is a good way to describe it. Now, I'm not there yet myself, obviously, but if you remember back to the November episode after I had driven the Model 3 for the very first time, I talked about how I got a little emotional as I was driving that car for the very first time after after dreaming of it for so long, all the things you, you mentioned in your call. And I think surreal... Would accurately describe that moment for me as well, uh, you know. So I imagine too that that feeling is probably gonna come back once that delivery day finally nears for me. But anyway, as for the HVAC system, that that air filtration system, yeah, it's it is pretty darn cool, isn't it? I've I've gotten to play with it a little bit in the few times that I've I've driven the car. It's it's quiet and it's really neat. To be able to split the airflow into two streams and have it go really anywhere you want with pretty darn pinpoint accuracy Uh, you know you can even direct it right through the steering wheel which you can't do on literally any other car on the planet since no other car has an air vent there Uh, i i suspect that the hvac is going to very quietly become a favorite feature for many people once they finally get their cars. Thanks so much for calling in, Josh. Let's go to our old friend Lawton in Chicago. Wanted to talk about the current state of fleet learning. Lawton, go ahead.
8: Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. Want to get your thoughts on the current state of Tesla's fleet learning to further improve autopilot. My condolences to the family driver killed near Mountain View, California. Hopefully, lessons learned from this tragic accident will further enhance the safety of Tesla's for us all. On roads well-traveled by Teslas, such as highways near San Francisco, given fleet learning, I would expect Autopilot to work incredibly well. But for the road less traveled, do you have any insight into how well Autopilot works and learns? Autopilot currently utilizes info from a variety of sources, including internal vehicle sensor data, third-party maps, and high-definition mapping data from the Tesla fleet. However, how dependent is Autopilot on high-definition mapping data? For instance, if I'm the only Tesla that drives a rural road to work, Will Tesla learn to drive the road solely based on my driving or will it require multiple different Tesla vehicles to further validate the data? I would be curious to see if current owners are noticing improvements over time with regular autopilot use on the daily commutes, especially in rural areas. Thanks, as always, for all the passion and enthusiasm you put in the podcast each week. Look forward to your thoughts.
0: I haven't heard from you in a little while, Lawton. Thanks for calling in. For those that don't know, Lawton is probably my first regular caller and i will always appreciate him for that he always calls in with good enthusiastic well thought out questions anyway lawton i don't actually know the answer to that question i'm afraid i've never read anything and uh, remember that i do read a lot in the tesla community every day i've never read anything about someone's car getting better on their own local road after continued autopilot usage so i don't think the cars just learn on their own from the roads they travel. There there would seem to be other data in play that pings back to the mothership in Palo Alto. Uh, and as you know, we just had a uh, fairly substantial autopilot update. So it'll be interesting to see how long it is until the next big update. Is it going to be a month? Is it going to be three months? Six? We shall see. Two more calls Uh, wrap left for this edition of the Ride the Lightning Hotline. First up, Dave in Atlanta picked up his Model 3 and wanted to share some impressions of it. Dave, go ahead.
3: Hey Ryan, it's Dave in Atlanta. Uh, Picked up my Model 3 yesterday and just enjoyed a wonderful Easter Sunday driving it around North Georgia mountains. Uh, One problem I had at delivery yesterday was that For some reason, even though Tesla called to confirm on Friday that we were good to go, uh, there was some kind of miscommunication between my bank and Tesla. I ended up spending three hours at the Decatur Delivery Center waiting, and I have to feel that if it wasn't the end of the month, I might have gone home empty-handed. So, absolutely make sure you uh, check with your bank and you make sure with Tesla ahead of time that they have absolutely, positively everything in place so you don't get disappointed, Uh, you know, in my case, after a a 10-year wait since I first heard from the Roadster. uh, Absolutely love the car. Autopilot is so much fun as I drive around these mountains. Um, Just, uh, it it was definitely worth waiting for, and I'm loving it. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, Talk to you later.
0: Congratulations, Dave. I can hear the joy in your voice, which, by the way, that is my favorite part of when people call in i love hearing joy and happiness and enthusiasm many of you may not even realize how you sound but i tell you i'm being serious it it really lifts me up i love it uh and and thank you very much dave for the good reminder about double checking your loan slash banking information before you go pick up your cards good advice for all of us now this next call i'm going to play this right into the segment break before we we get to the end of the show Uh, i don't have a reply to this but this is eric from grand rapids michigan calling in to follow up on his own call about his uh his really unfortunate model three delivery not delivery uh that he had uh from from last week so we've got the part two to this story eric take us home and into the next section
9: hi Ryan this is Eric from uh Grand Rapids Michigan again so yep there was a happy ending to the story um got my model three a few days later the team at the uh, Westmont Tesla service center was great they kept me very informed and uh were on the ball and letting me know when the car would be ready so the car is amazing uh the acceleration does give you the Tesla grin, um, kind of that tingly feeling, almost like uh, riding a roller coaster. So really, really cool. Um, just an amazing car. The the interior is beautiful. Uh, the autopilot kicked in after about 30 miles of um, calibrating, and just yeah, cannot believe how amazing the car is. It was worth the wait, and I can I can laugh about the story now. It was a tough day. But uh, all, all is right with the world now. <laughs> but uh, you guys are going to love this car. Um, thanks again for your kind words, Ryan. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
0: Oh, I love hearing a happy ending to that story from uh, Eric in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Enjoy that car, Eric. Drive it in good health. All right, a few plugs before I go here. I want to start with Immaculate Reflections. They've got a new thing they wanted me to pass along to you. So, you know, I always mention uh, that they do really awesome protection detailing work on your car, uh, whether it's brand new, whether you've had it for 10 years. But uh, for, for everybody listening to this, obviously we're talking about Your current or future Tesla, they're right here in the Bay Area. If you are a Bay Area person or you're taking delivery at the Fremont factory, uh, you want to look up Immaculate Reflections, IRDetailing.com, or search for Immaculate Reflections on Yelp. And then on Instagram, it's Instagram.com slash Immaculate underscore Reflections. And the thing that uh, they wanted me to pass along is not only, you know, of course, They do new car delivery prep. They do paint correction. They do C-Quartz Finest Reserve uh, ceramic coating, paint protection film. One of those things, all of those things, some of those things, whatever you want to do. So here's the the new deal. They have kindly offered 10% off any level of detailing, whether it is a basic wash, clay bar, wax service, whether it's a paint correction, whether it's a ceramic coating package, Whatever you're getting, they're offering a 10% discount. Uh, they also, by the way, offer a military discount. No code or anything needed for that. Uh, they just need to show their military ID card or your uh, veteran ID card for the 10% discount. And they uh, they they tell me too you can stack them. So if you're a uh, you're in the military, you have a military ID, uh, and you're listening to this podcast, you can actually get 20. Off, so the coupon code, by the way, for for this is RTL10, which obviously indicates ride the lightning 10% off. So, uh, drop them a line RTL10, 10% off. Whatever you want to do to your uh, current or or upcoming Tesla delivery, so drop them a line, look them up. Anyway, uh, if you're buying a new S or X why not use my cousin Patrick's referral code? That way you can get free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So to do that, you can either give this code to your sales advisor if you're working with someone at a Tesla store. It's Patrick5008. Or if you're buying your car, you're configuring, you're doing the order online, just type in ts.la slash Patrick5008 into your web browser, and that will set you up in the design studio with that code locked and loaded patreon i am on there uh you know you guys know i put a lot of time energy love and effort into this podcast each and every week if you would volunteer if you would choose to want to support me in that through patreon i'd sincerely appreciate it it is completely voluntary it's all opt-in obviously nothing is is uh walled off. There are a few Patreon bonuses, as you've heard me talk about over, over time. But uh the regular show still comes at you every Sunday, 9 A.M., whether you are on Patreon or not. You can get the show early on Patreon. You get the Patreon exclusive bonus show. A couple of, you get the you get the shout out if you're at the twenty dollar level, which I'm gonna do for folks in a second. But if you uh wanna consider supporting me, you can do that on the Patreon page that I've got. It's patreon.com slash tesla podcast patreon is spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n and the uh, those uh aforementioned folks that are supporting me at the 20 dollar level or higher for which i am sincerely grateful they we call them the patreon producers because they help get this show produced with their awesome contribution so i want to shout out all of them we've got jeff bartram paul hussey dj harbaugh Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para as uh, Daisy the Boxer Puppy drinks behind me, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalucas, eMotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., and David Kittle. And wow, I got through all of those, and Daisy is still (laughs) chugging away over there. My goodness. Uh, I do want to mention one other business that may interest you. Uh, uh, you want to take advantage of an offer from them as well. AbstractOcean.com. They've got a bunch of fantastic Tesla accessories. I would say they sort of specialize in lighting both interior and exterior lighting upgrades for your Tesla. They, they support the S, X, and 3. They've got products for all of them. So visit abstractocean.com, take a look at what they've got there. Put, it, put anything you like in your cart, and you can use the coupon code RTLpodcast at checkout and get 20% off of your very first order. So give them a visit. Most of you probably subscribe to the podcast, that way it just is downloads to you automatically rather than you having to go seek it out every week. If you're not already subscribing, you can do so on just about any of your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or there's the hosting site, Tesla L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, where you can grab individual shows or hook up the RSS feed on there as well. Oh, I think that about does it. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan if you're, uh, if you're on Twitter. And you can, as I mentioned earlier, you know, if you're doing uh, sending in a recorded call or you just want to email me about something, you can always email me, the show email address being TeslaPodcast at gmail.com. All right, another fun week of Tesla news. I had a blast. I've had a, a really great week here just in life. It's I'm in a, in an excellent mood recording this week. I just uh, just feeling good, man. It's even though the the rain outside is is trying to put me in a, in a in a put trying to dampen my my spirits, but no, it's it's been good. I mean, it's still waiting for my Model Three, as many of you are. But uh, but but life is good, man. It's uh, I'm 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 blessed. I'm very lucky to have to have uh, everything I have, and including. Uh, the, the, support of an audience. I mean, who, who? I never, I really had, I had no expectations when I started this thing. Gosh, what is it? It's, uh, well, I guess three, yeah, three years ago, almost three years ago. And, uh, it's just, I, I, it's so cool that people actually listen to this and, and enjoy it and get something out of it. And, uh, it's just great. I'm I'm just grateful for everything that I'm lucky enough to have. Thank you all for your support. Whether you're it's through Patreon, whether you're just it's just from listening, uh, your tweets, your emails, all of it. Uh, your support really just just makes me feel good. I, I just the positivity of this. I know I've talked about this before. I don't want to take up your whole day here, but just as a final thought, it's you know I'm very very lucky to get to work in the video game world. I mean. I, I, basically, I cover toys for a living. Uh, they're, they're wonderful, amazing toys. Uh, it's, they're, the video games are, many of them are art, you know, I don't, I don't want to demean them by calling them toys, but the, my point is that I'm so lucky to get to work in a field that, that, uh, I get to have fun in. I mean, it is a job, believe me, it's, scheduling content and, and, you know, running a website in 2018 where everybody uses ad block and everybody wants anything, everything for free. It's not easy to run the business side of it, but I'm so lucky that I get to, to work in a, in a thing that I love, which is video games. But you know, I've talked about before, there's so much ridiculous negativity in the community, just toxicity in the video game community, not everybody. I mean, you know, people that follow me on Twitter, I have great conversations with them, but, but you know, we're working at IGN. It's a huge gaming website. It's just, I'm always subjected to this, this, it's just head scratching the toxicity. And, uh, despite the fact that, that I, I sit there and go like people we're we're talking about a wonderful hobby that brings joy to all of us. why, Why do we have these ridiculous system wars and all this other gross discourse that goes on? But anyway, the whole point I'm trying to make here is that with all, you know, my day job is is great, but it has those toxic elements that I have to deal with. But this, Ride the Lightning, uh, it is, because of you guys, it is just 99.9% warm and enthusiastic and positive and happy and fun. And it really, it energizes me. I have to say, you know, I, I do put a lot of time and energy into this podcast, but I enjoy it. And your positivity, all of everything you give me, it, it really fuels me. It really, really does. And it makes me feel good. And I love doing this because of that. And it's just, it's great. So thank you all so much for your continued support in whatever way you express it. There is no wrong way to express your support for this podcast. I, you know, leaving, leaving reviews on iTunes, Patreon, like I said, just listening to it, emailing me, tweeting me, whatever it is. It's all, it's all good. And I appreciate all of it. And, uh, just want to say thanks to everybody. It is been another, it's been another good week here of of Tesla coverage. Hopefully I don't have to cover any more terrible accidents for the foreseeable future. But otherwise, uh it was another another very interesting week of Tesla news. So, for a now snoozing, now that she's she's drank up and dr- drunk up, now she's <laughs> she's had a drink and she's happy for for Daisy the boxer puppy. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back here once again next week.